So for the past two weeks, and this week included, I've kind of had sort of a theme. And if you didn't get a chance to hear my homilies on the past two weeks, you can certainly go online on the St. Joseph's website. We have uh, the homilies online if you'd like to listen to them. Or pass them to people that maybe you need, they need to hear them. The first homily was the scandal on the priesthood, which has happened in the past couple weeks. The second homily yet last week was on the scandal of marriage. Because in regards to marriage, I guess in the area of fidelity, uh, we're not doing so well either. At a 50% divorce rate and climbing, there's definitely a problem even with Catholic marriages. And today's homily, I hope, will get to the source of where all this is coming from. The great Russian author Dostoevsky said that there are two ages of mankind. From the rise of man to the death of God, and from the death of God to the annihilation of man. We are living in that second stage in our present day and age. When God is dead, all is permissible. And what this means is, is that mankind will rise to such a level that they think they don't need God. They set up on their own. We can provide for ourselves, our medicine, our technologies. We don't need God. We don't need law. And then what will follow is mankind's annihilation. And you can see this. The world, it seems right now, is going crazy. I don't know what to believe. Because they've kicked God out, so there is no truth. There is no belief. From a religious standpoint, from a political standpoint, we're going insane. And how did this all happen? Because everything is being offered to us right now, and nobody's happy. How did it happen? How did marriage seemingly get defined, redefined overnight? How did sexual promiscuity become the norm amongst young people? How did contraception become more common as vitamins? And how did the faith get so cheapened? You want to know how it happened? We let it happen. We did. The church. We the lay faithful. We priests, bishops. We let it happen little by little. I once heard a quote from a poet. It said, some men die by the sword and some go down in flames. But most men perish inch by inch in play and in stupid games. We're not asking the most important questions. We forgot about what's most important in the name of entertainment. And now, now, Christendom is dead. Not the church. Not Christianity. But Christendom. Christendom is the society in which economic, political, and social life is inspired by Christian principles. That's gone. We had it, and we lost it. A brilliant historian once wrote that of the 22 major civilizations in the history of the world up to the present time, 19 of them have caved from within. Only three of those great nations have fallen from being attacked from the outside. The air that we breathe, the press that we read, the TV that we watch is in no instance inspired by Christian principles. In fact, it's anti-Christian. But my friends, the craziness of the world right now, the craziness of the church, this isn't new. We are living right now in the fourth 500-year period of the Catholic Church. Every 500 years, 
The enemy is very distinct. The battle is intense. And new life comes. And great saints. The first 500 years, what was the attack? It was attack on Christ himself. Who was he? Was he God? Was he just a man? Was he a superhuman? How many intellects? How many wills? It was called the, the attack, the heresy of Arianism. It was by a bishop, Arius. And this attack almost fractured the church. Almost split it right down the middle. It got so intense that Nicholas, at one point during a council, because Arius was a bishop, Nicholas was a bishop, he got so mad about Arius spouting off his heresy, he jumped out of his chair and beat him up. I wish bishops had that intensity. And that the lay faithful would rejoice over it. They were excited. They were so passionate about Christ. Fast forward 500 years, almost to the day. The great schism of 1054. East and West split over the authority of the Pope. 500 years later, what happens? The Reformation. The church is cracked right down the center. Because of Martin Luther and what emerges? 52,000 different sects of Protestant Christianity. And now we are living in the fourth. Almost to the day. And the enemy of the fourth 500-year period is the world. The denial of sin, the glorification of man. Our enemy today is the world. James is very clear about it in the second reading. He says, keep yourself unstained from the world. Today you have to conform to the world or you're branded. To simply speak God's plan for marriage. Not mine, not yours. God's plan for marriage. You are labeled a bigot in the public sphere. And so what does the world say? Oh, just come with us. Come with us. It's the same cry from the cross, right? They, they hurled the insults against Jesus. Come down from the cross. And we'll believe. Come with us. Go with the flow. Archbishop Sheen once said, dead bodies float downstream. Dead bodies go with the current. Only bodies that are living fight it. Only bodies that are living move, move against the world and their own weakness. I want to ask you a question. I know you guys all hate questions. So this is, you don't have to answer, you just have to raise your hand. That's it. I hope I can get full audience participation here. <clears throat> raise your hand if you think the world is a mess right now. Deacon, that, that's the most I've gotten Catholics to agree on one single thing in my entire life. So we all agree the world's a mess. All right, second question. Raise your hand if you think you're a mess. Everybody's hand should be up. The reason the world's a mess is because we're a mess. The great author G.K. Chesterton, he once won an essay contest. And the contest was this, in 1,000 words or less, write an essay about what is wrong with the world. G.K. Chesterton submitted this essay. Dear Sirs, me, sincerely, G.K. Chesterton. And he won. Why? Does he have really low self-esteem? No, he realized what Jesus is talking about in the gospel. 
So many of us are external. The faith is external. It's about the heart. The Lord knew this. Out of the heart comes envy. Out of the heart comes anger. Evil thoughts, unchastity, folly. It all starts here. The heart is what needs to be converted. I would argue that the main line of thought that has entered the church in this fourth 500-year period is the denial of sin. From Pope to President. We won't acknowledge it. They're sick. They're mentally unstable. I have not heard one person in their complaints about everything that's going on say sin. Sin is what distorts us. Sin is what destroys us. Sin is why he came. And I know that the denial of sin is at the heart of the problem of the fourth, period, fourth 500 year period because of this. I have experimental evidence, my friends. Father Wolf and I sit in that confessional week after week, day after day, alone. Alone. On the books, our parish has at least 1,200 families. If each person was going to confession once or even twice, once every two months, we would have to be there, I don't know, 10 to 15 hours every week. And you know what? We would do it. We would do it. Because we know the power of that sacrament. But we have convinced ourselves as a society that we are not penitents, we're patients. We're not sinners, we're sick. This is why there's a rise in psychology and psychiatry. And by no way am I belittling these people. They are amazing and they are much needed and many people need them. I am talking about people that go to them to try to get rid of their shame and their guilt because they know they've done something wrong. I was on a plane one time. I was flying. I was right next to a psychologist. We were talking back and forth. And at one point he said, you know something, Father? I said, what's that? He said, if people just went to confession, I think I'd be out of a job. Because all we do is talk about their sin. And he said, the best part about your job is you're free. <laughs> they pay to come to me. My friends, most fallen away Catholics have not left the church for a reason. They've left it for a thing. They don't have a difficulty with creed. They have a difficulty with commandments. People don't hate Christ in the church. They hate what they've done. And Christ in the church reminds them of that. And that's why they hate them. And it's always easier to change the way you think than the way you act. If a person has an abortion, it's much easier to say abortion's okay rather than to submit and admit that I have, I have committed an unspeakable evil. That I'm wrong. James says, be doers of the word, not just hearers. If you're hearers only, you're deluding yourselves. God's law is written into our nature. And though we may try to explain it away and deny it and say, I'm not that bad. You know, I had a, this last week I had a couple, we were sitting around talking. These reality TV shows are everywhere. Have you heard this uh, show? It's called Hoarders. It's about people who hoard stuff, right? And I asked her, I'm like, why on earth do you watch that TV show? She said, because I want to feel good about my own house. <laughs> right? Oh, I'm not that bad. 
yeah, I got some stuff, but I mean, come on. Like, I'm not as messed up as the Kardashians. They are a mess. We are so good at calling out other people's sins, but for some reason we can't label our own. For this reason, if you look at the edge of your pews, there's a little booklet. If you'd take those and pass them down from each side, I want everybody to take one of these. And if there aren't any in the pews left, there's a hundred out back. So everybody gets a free book. My gift to you is an examination of conscience. I challenge you this week to take that book, to page through it. And if you can get through that book without saying... Without circling something and say, yeah, I've done that. If you can get through that book and say, nope, haven't done a thing, I will pay you $1,000 of my own money. But if you can't get through that booklet, then maybe you're going to circle a bunch of stuff. Maybe it's been a really long time. Then maybe it's time to return to the Father of Mercy. Maybe it's time for a good confession. And by the way, my friends, I don't preach confession to make you feel guilty. I hate guilt as much as you do. I preach confession for freedom. I know the freedom of that sacrament. Maybe it's only for a month. Maybe it's only for a week. But at least you're free. And you don't have to carry that around anymore. To hear the words, your sins are forgiven, go in peace. One of my favorite stories about St. Teresa of Avila Every month, they would have a priest come in, and all the sisters would go to confession, and she would go first. And after she was done, she'd come out, and she'd stand down towards the front, right down towards the altar, and she'd wait. And as each sister would go to confession, they'd come, they'd come down the aisle, and they'd meet her, and she'd put her arms on their shoulders. And she would look into their eyes, and she would say, Sister, begin again. Just begin again. That's the Christian life. That we can begin again. That we're not labeled, that we're not identified or defined by what we've done, but who we are. And by the way, I'm just as messed up as you are. G.K. Chesterton, again, he said, We're all seasick and we're all in the same boats. We're all sinners. Don't be afraid to be free. Please read through that booklet, make a good examination of conscience, and come back with a pure heart and begin again. Make it part of your life, and you will experience the freedom and the joy of that sacrament, which in our day and age is the most neglected, and yet may carry the most power. Nothing is beyond God's mercy. Maybe it's been years. Maybe it's been some really bad stuff. Maybe it's some stuff that's still ongoing in your heart. He is dying. Dying. Literally. To forgive you. Only those who know mercy in their own lives will practice it. And only when you know that you are a sinner will you totally commit yourself to the Savior.